Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, June 29th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We've got a terrific show today. You'll hear from Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy on the team's 60-man roster. Any surprises there? But first, we're going to talk to former Star columnist Joe Posnanski. Joe's been a busy man since leaving the Star in 2009 after a run of nearly 15 years here. Sports Illustrated, NBC Sports, books that debuted on the New York Times bestseller list. Like I said, busy guy. But he's been especially busy over the past few weeks helping put together a tribute to the Negro Leagues called Tipping Your Cap. The original idea was to designate a day during the season where all Major League players would tip their cap and salute the Negro Leagues, which started 100 years ago with team owners and officials at a meeting at the Paseo YMCA on 18th and Vine. But the pandemic changed plans and got more people involved. The video tributes have been incredible, from entertainers and great athletes to the four living former U.S. presidents. Joe found a few minutes in his remarkably busy day to chat with us. But before you hear from him, let's hear what Presidents Obama and Bush had to say about the Negro Leagues. Today, I'm tipping my hat to everybody in the Negro Leagues who left a century-long legacy of talent and spirit and dignity on our country. So here's to Satchel Paige, Josh Gibson, Cool Papa Bell, and everybody else, including three brave women who did us all proud. There were some great team names, too, like the Chicago American Giants. Couldn't think of a more fitting leg for everyone who suited up. Congratulations, everybody. I want to tip the hat of my favorite baseball team, the Texas Rangers, uh, to honor 100 years of the Negro League. When I was a kid, my favorite baseball player was Willie Mays. It turned out Willie Mays played in the Negro Leagues for a brief period of time. I can just imagine what baseball would have been like had the uh, predecessors to Willie Mays uh, been able to play Major League Baseball. Joe. Blair. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm, I, I am thoroughly exhausted but very happy. You should be. Uh, a little bit of – little bit of walking on cloud nine today for you, I suspect, as I as I flip through the tippingyourcap.com website. Um, it's amazing. It's incredible, really. So uh, if uh, for those that, that don't know, today, uh, la- the, the website was, was it launched today? Uh, we, I mean, we launched the campaign today. Today was okay. the official launch of the campaign. Okay. And it is, um, it is commemorating the, the 100th uh, year of 1920 was when the Negro Leagues uh, was formed at the Paseo YMCA. I actually, as I was driving downtown today, before I got to the building, I went and drove by the Paseo YMCA and took a, took a photo of it and tweeted the photo of the uh, of the building that's at 18th and Vine. Um, but the Tipping Your Cap campaign uh, is um, uh, is just that, right? It's it's having celebrities. Uh, or anybody, anybody, you don't have to be a celebrity, tip your cap to the Negro Leagues. Um, just tell us a little bit more about what it's about and how it came about. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, Bob Kendrick, we we both, of course, are dear friends uh, with Bob Kendrick, uh, the president of Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. He's always had this idea in mind. He, he's always thought that uh, a tip of the cap is sort of the ultimate uh, salute. It's the ultimate... Um, uh, uh, you know, sign of respect. And he's always had this idea 
that it would be great if we could get, you know, I think it started with Major League Baseball players, uh, but, you know, if we could get people to tip their cap to those those great Negro Leagues players who, who you know, particularly the ones before Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier uh, and, and, uh, and never got the chance to even dream about playing in the Major Leagues, but yet they still played on in the Negro Leagues through all sorts of issues of segregation and Jim Crow and, and money issues and, and, and on and on and on. And, and, you know, but they played and they played brilliantly and beautifully and for the love of the game and, and, uh, you know, built up through the years, uh, they played so well that they, they eventually broke through. I mean, Jackie Robinson, of course, was a, a Kansas city monarch, uh, in the Negro leagues. So he's always had this idea about tipping your cap to the Negro leagues uh, and then, you know, this year, of course, of the 100th anniversary, he had this sort of big idea about having every player uh, step on the field before a game and tip their caps. And, of course, we all know that's not going to happen or, or it might, but we don't know when and we don't know how, you know, with 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 covid and, and all of that. So he kind of came to me and my uh, friend, Dan McGinn, who, who I, I do some some uh, projects with, and he came to us. And he just said, "Hey, I've got this idea. I don't, I don't know what, what do you what do you guys think?" And so we came up with this with this campaign where we would ask people to to take a photo or a video uh, of them tipping their cap uh, to the to the Negro Leagues. And we thought this is going to be a lot of fun, and we were going to invite everybody. But we were going to try to go after some some celebrities and 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 big athletes and and you know people and uh, you know who are, are very accomplished and we thought you know we'll 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 create a little website we'll see how many of these people we can get and uh it it has taken off in a way that that obviously we never ever could have conceived could have imagined so that you know if i sound purely exhausted it is because uh, today is launch day uh and we launched with the announcement that uh, the four living former presidents uh, all uh, gave us a video or a quote in the case of Jimmy Carter uh, of them tipping their caps to the Negro Leagues. Uh, and the videos are wonderful. Uh, they're all available online. They're available on our site at tippingyourcap.com. And, uh, you know, once you once you get the presidents, it, it, it goes pretty it goes pretty well from there. And they, and they we, fall into line, right? Yeah, they, uh... yeah. So we have this beautiful photo of, of uh, Michael Jordan, uh, tipping his yeah. cap. Um, we've got some, you know, it's, it's funny because, uh, I keep telling people we have s- some amazing things yet to come today. I mean, you know, oh. I don't know when people are going to see this, but we've got just a, you know, a couple of incredible videos. Uh, we've got one, I, I mean, I'll just tell you, we've got an amazing video from magic Johnson, uh, amazing video from Derek Jeter. Uh, Henry Aaron is recording, uh, a, a video for us uh, that we're going to put up. Uh, numerous celebrities uh, have have uh, reached out to us, so it's kind of been, uh, you know, wow. it's been overwhelming. I mean, you know, and, and here we are. I mean, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a lowly sports writer, and to to be sort of in the middle of this phenomenon, uh, and it's all because of the idea, and it's all because of people's, you know, real hunger to to pay respect to the Negro Leagues, and and I'm so proud of what we're doing. And I'm so proud of what it's going to do for the museum. I mean, that's obviously, you know, the, the starting point and the end point for us is, is what we could do to, to help sustain the museum and keep it going for another hundred years. And, and, uh, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's been at the heart of this thing. And, and I think we're, I think we're getting some things done. It feels that way. <laughs> I imagine it does. So yeah, I'm looking at, uh, 
on the website looking at President Obama, President Bush, President Clinton, and President Carter in, respectively, uh, Chicago White Sox, I'm assuming Texas Rangers for yep. President Bush, yep. uh, President Clinton in a Cubs hat, and Jimmy Carter in his Atlanta Braves hat, kind of old school Atlanta Braves hat, which is which is really cool. Yeah, I think the only surprise there is the Clinton one. Clinton grew up a Cardinals fan. Yeah. Uh, he wore it, uh, as he says in the video, he explains he wore it for Ernie Banks uh, and for Hillary. So he wore it for for uh for, for those two, but, uh, you know, I don't know as a Cardinals fan if, if people are going to forgive him anytime <laughs> soon for wearing a Cubs hat, but uh, we'll forgive him because he did an amazing video for us. Right. So also, as you scroll down, um, Tony Bennett, Stephen Colbert, um, I, I love this, uh, uh, placed side by side on the uh, on the site are Tony Clark and Rob Manfred. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We haven't seen eye to eye on much of anything lately. No, but, we uh, figured this is the one thing that could bring those two guys together. <laughs> that was that was sort of our thought process there. There's uh, General Colin Powell. There's uh, Billie Jean King. I think that that's really cool to see. Beautiful Billie one. She yeah, she did a yeah. beautiful beautiful one. And you know, and they're and they're still coming in. I mean, they're just pouring in, uh, and people are reaching out to us asking us how to do it. It's super easy. Uh, you just send it to to the website photo, you know, photo or a video. Uh, either one, you can send it to photos at tippingyourcap.com. That that's it's it's we made it as simple as we possibly could. And of course. Um, you know, even if if you don't want to do that, just posting it on your social media. I, just as I was coming on, uh, I saw that Ken Griffey Jr. had posted a beautiful thing on his Instagram account, and and that's what we're looking for. I mean, this isn't about us and 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 you know this campaign. It's about uh, it's about spreading the word and spreading the story and 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 showing some real uh, appreciation and thanks to to those people who who didn't get to you know live a you know what what many of us would consider a dream, even though. You and I have both heard Buck O'Neill many, many times say that uh, that he he would never have traded his own experiences in the Negro Leagues for anything, and I'm sure many felt that way. But but it shouldn't have been, it, you know, it, it shouldn't have been. And and of course, all of those great players paved a path to to really make this, uh, you know, the the true national pastime. For sure, I've seen uh, Whit Merrifield on social media and yeah. Lorenzo Kane among yeah. two of the for, current for, ball players for Kansas City. Yes, for Kansas City, we've got George. George uh, Brett uh, did one uh, that we're going to be posting uh, in the next day or so, and and uh, I think John Wathan has done one. Billy Butler has done one. They're, they're, the, the, the Royals have actually been fantastic. Um, all the teams, you know, have, have 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 tried to chip in, but certain teams have stood out, and and I know Dayton Moore and and uh, John Sherman, his owner, um, have have really relayed to us their commitment to this to the story, and and you know, I think that's that speaks to who they are, but it also speaks to the fact the museum is there in Kansas City and is such a such a point of pride. Absolutely, you know, Joe, this it's a hundred years what it was going to happen in twenty twenty, and uh, there, there would have been. What was if if this had been a normal season, if baseball had played out, what uh, would this have? This I think I heard you say this would have happened at ballparks across America on on a certain day. Yeah, they had a day set up for June twenty seventh um, that uh, that they were going to have all the players step out. It was going to be their salute to the Negro Leagues, and and it would have been a very very sweet moment. And uh, I don't want to. I mean, I wish that had happened because if that had happened, we'd be playing baseball. We'd all be in a very different you know, position in our lives. And, and, and of course the, the, the real tragedy of COVID-19 wouldn't have hit us. So I, I really wish that. However, that said, trying to make the best of, of, of a situation, 
in in a lot of ways, I think this is is even more special for the museum. I mean, it you know that would have been a wonderful day, and we and all the players would have stepped out, and it would have been a great thing. But but this is really an opportunity for so many people, and I mean, we're getting hundreds and hundreds of of photos and and videos from people. You know, for, we've talked about celebrities, but we've gotten from kids and 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 grandparents and and troops and and teams and 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 you know, I mean, it's been. It's been an incredible, incredible um, uh, thing. I, I, I do want to say one more since we've been talking about, uh, you know, when we got the presidents, uh, we were saying, okay, well, what can we do to top this? And is there any possible way to top getting, you know, uh, the, the four former presidents to do this? And somebody in our group, uh, which is very small, but somebody in our group said, you know what we should do? We should get somebody from space. So we actually will be having a video, assuming NASA approves, uh, a video of uh, the the commander of the space station tipping his his cap from space. So, uh, so that wouldn't have happened if it had been if 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 they had been right. doing their tip your cap. So so, of course, you know, all of us wish it wasn't it wasn't where we are, but we are where we are, and uh, I think that 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 the way this campaign. And people have come to it and, and the way, you know, how meaningful it, it has been uh, is really, really special. I wonder if he'll, ha- he'll grab one of Josh Gibson's home run balls up there. <laughs> <laughs> while he's up, th- while he's up right. there, he might as well, right? He might as well. <laughs> right, right. Well, Joe, uh, I really appreciate you coming out and talking to us about this. It is a phenomenal uh, enterprise. And uh, you're right. I mean, I, I don't know if it – you know what? What a great adjustment that was made for this, um, uh, in, in the in the conditions we're in, and not only that, but the the moment that we're in as well with Black Lives Matter, and you know the the COVID has caused the pause in in so many walks of life, in, including sports, and and uh, and Black Lives Matter and the protests have been a you know have been with us now for you know for more than a month. And there's just a much greater awareness, I think, of um, uh, you know of, of African Americans in this country. And uh, I know I'm stumbling through because I don't exa- know exactly how to say it, except that it's a you know what we're in a um, uh, the, we're in a time of great awareness, and this is an enterprise I think that everybody everybody can get behind, and and it puts a smile on my face. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it is an extraordinary moment. I mean, we really are as a country. We are in an extraordinary moment, and we are fighting about it. What that moment means, and and you know, and, and it can be divisive, and it can be difficult, and people don't agree with each other, and 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 you know, it's it's often seems very tough. So to to have something like this, where you see people, you know, from all walks of life from both sides of the aisle, old and young and, and, and black and white and Latino and, and, and on and on men and women. And, and it's, it's, it's something that really, I think touches a lot of hearts because here are a bunch of people, uh, men and three women, um, who endured through, through some very, very difficult times. And I think, I think we can relate to that. And I think we can feel for that moment. So I know that's the power of this. I know I didn't do anything, even though I've, I've not slept in two weeks. Um, <laughs> I've, all I've been doing is playing catcher, you know, it's just, just, just cause people very much want to, to be heard and, and very much want to say that, that we, this is the best of us is, is this ability to, to endure even through the hardest of times. And, and, uh, it's very special for me to be a part of it. It really is. I knew you'd say it better. Well done. <laughs> All right, Joe. Hey, thanks. And next time you're in town, make sure to look us up. Of course. When we come back, 
Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy will discuss the team's 60-man roster. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, Lynn, how you doing? Doing all right. Ready for some baseball. Yeah, last time we talked, we were, uh, well, the last, uh, I don't know, 10 dozen, you know, 15 times we talked, it was just speculation. Well, it's we, we've, we've left the realm of speculation, and we are now... We have a roster. We have a 60-man roster. the The Royals, like all Major League Baseball teams, had to you know had to supply one. That we, we we've seen it. We we know who's on it. First thing before we before we talk about who's on it, I noticed that not all teams went the full 60-man. Um, was it the Cardinals released a 44-man roster? What was you know what, um, what, why would why, why would somebody have less than 60 man uh, a 60-man roster at this point? Well, because you don't have to have all 60 um, right now. You can still add people later on. Um, so the thing is, is like, you know, if there's somebody who maybe is a guy who I, I think the um, one example in my mind I, I remember seeing online um, or maybe tweeted out yesterday was like the Reds have guys who uh, I think Hunter Green was one of the top draft picks a couple of years ago. Um, wasn't on that um, 60 but I think he's coming off of an injury and he's in the middle of the rehab process. And so maybe he gets added later on as they get a chance to reevaluate his, uh, you know, where he's at with the rehab, but they just didn't put him on yet. And so maybe there's some guys like that wow. where you don't have to put him on yet, but you know, you, you can still do it later or maybe you want to get him into workouts. The other thing is, is like, there's the, um, um, there's the 60 guys, that you're that you're working out, but I mean, there may be some other guys who are working out, um, you know, on their own. Or and, I mean, the facilities were closed at least temporarily, but I mean, at some point, maybe you got some guys who are um, able to do stuff at your facility, and you know, you say, okay, well, we've got a chance to see what he's doing, and he's rehabbing or whatever, and say, okay, we can add him to the sixty. So there's a few teams that I saw yesterday didn't put out a full sixty, um, but they can still add people to that sixty group as you go along. Okay. Okay. Well, and this 60 uh, in Kansas City will report to Kauffman Stadium on Friday for the first uh, for the first workouts. That's the schedule, right? The, the the actual working out phase begins on Friday. Yeah, yeah. They'll be they they, they need to report by uh, Wednesday, and then they need to get tested, and they need to make sure guys are uh, clear of COVID and ready to uh, take part in the workouts. But the workouts won't start till Friday. Okay. So no surprise here, but that the majority um, of 60 on, on the roster are pitchers. 32 pitchers are, um, are, on the, uh, are on the 60-man roster. There are, I think, I, what I count, four catchers, 11 infielders, 11 outfielders. So um, pitching, that, that's, that's going to be the, the subject, right? I mean, that is, that is the curiosity. That is the, the – as, as baseball restarts – 
So that's what we're going to have. That, that's the biggest adjustment for teams. Won't it be just how they handle pitching? What are they going to do with pitching? How many pitchers do you need? And uh, I, I, when, when the 60 becomes 30 and uh, for, the, for opening day, I imagine we're going to see a lot of extra pitchers uh, in, in that group. And this is – I imagine the Royals are pretty consistent with other teams with taking as many pitchers as they, as they have. Yeah, I mean, it's the big question mark. I mean, so much so that uh, we had the Zoom call with Matheny, I believe it was Friday, and I asked him, you know, because I know that they've been paying attention to pitching and what they can do to try and keep them as ready as possible, keep them as stretched out as you can in that setting. And so I asked, I said, so what is realistic to be able to expect from your starters when you get the season started because they've been staying as ready as possible but it hasn't been games and so now obviously when the season starts they're going to be games and he said pretty clearly like they won't know like they don't know right now and as they get close to the season they hope to have a better idea but like it's there's no clear answer for what you're going to be able to expect from guys at the beginning of this season because the way things have unfolded so that's so you've got to have contingency upon contingency upon plans, you know, B, C, D, and E, <laughs> because you just don't right, know what right. it's going to do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, when we talk about teams and their, you know, how different this year is with, uh, you know, no minor league season and there is, uh, there's just, there's, it's different in so many ways other than the obvious 60 game season, but just how do um, uh, how does the continued development of you know top prospects? How did that play into the formation of the sixty man roster? Well, the fact that you don't know what's going to be going on for you know, I mean, even if you say there's no minor league season, but you don't know what's going to be available to those minor leaguers as far as training, and I think that's that played a big factor in somebody like I mean, the, the one I wouldn't say surprise, but the one that sort of catches your eye right away. Is Bobby Witt Jr., who you know was their number two overall pick uh, a year ago in 2019, um, who came out of high school, didn't even play a full professional season. He played you know short season ball and then was uh, in Arizona for the fall and everything, but hasn't had a full professional season under his belt yet. Is on that 60 man group. I think that's the indicator right there that the, the uncertainty about what you're going to be able to do with your minor leaguers. Um, prompts you to get put a guy like that in the 60s so at least he's around the big club he's around your staff he's he's at least working out um on a regular basis you know if there's inner squads that they're doing with the group that's not actually um you know on the active roster then he can be part of that so i think that's the indicator of how important you know some of these spots were because you you mean and it's not just him he's just one of the younger guys but i mean a guy like mj melendez because i mean the, you know in that catching group um, Maybreeze Valoria, Sebastian Rivero. I mean, who all and Valoria is a guy who's played in the big leagues some too. But the idea that you know, is, in catcher is also a position where you always need some extra guys. But that you're going to bring all these guys there so that they're they continue their development in some form. Um, same thing with guys like uh, you know um, Khalil Lee and Suli Matias, and you know these guys who you know probably weren't. On the necessarily knocking right on the door yet, but we're you know um, you don't want them to lose that year of development, right. you know. And I talked to JJ Piccolo, the assistant GM, last week, and just talking about some of the draft picks and what happens with them and with the uncertainty of the minor league season. And he was talking about yeah, they, they, ideally what they would like to be able to have is 
be able to bring these guys all into the training facility, have them work with the minor league staff, you know, develop some type of way where you're getting them game-like situations, whether that's an instructional league, inter-squad thing, or an expanded fall league, where instead of, you know, the fall league usually has five, you know, teams make up or five teams contribute players to one roster. Maybe it's a fall league with all just your guys and you're playing against different teams at different complexes. Um, that would be ideal, but they don't know if that's going to be able to happen. So um, right. with that being a question mark, you bring guys to the place where you know you'll be able to get them work, and that's on that 60-man group. I was wondering if they would uh, invite Asa Lacey to, uh, to, the, to the roster, but uh, the, the, the first draft pick just uh, a couple of weeks ago, but that's not going to be the case. Yeah, I wasn't really surprised by that. I, I, I thought it was doubtful. I mean, I guess the, it sounds like his name is brought up, but at the same time, I mean, I, it, I think it's a big leap for, you know, the last college game I think he pitched was early March and he's been staying in shape. But so he's, you know, pitched early March. And now you're going to say, OK, we'll try and build him up over this next couple of weeks and then have him in some way ready to contribute to a major league club. Um, I just think it's a little bit much where as opposed to, you know, you could have him keep training, have him, you know, if you're able to bring him in and work with your staff. Otherwise, you're doing you staff working with him remotely and sort of get him geared up for like a full season of pro ball, whether that's at the facility and minor league season next year, that sort of thing. Um, and trying to speed him up that way as opposed to, you know, you go from no baseball and from from college ball to no baseball for months to throw him in a big league setting. And um, I think Dayton mentioned it last week during one of the calls that like, you know, there's also, there's no minor leagues to send them down to if you have issues and struggles. Like it's just, you know, if you hit a bump in a the road, then well, just go throw some side sessions and work it out. <laughs> right, right, right. A little while ago I said four catchers. You're right. It is six, six catchers. That's how the math adds up uh, with 32 pitchers and then 28 position players. So do you, do you, since I know it's early, it's very early. They haven't even gotten there yet. But uh, potential surprises to make the thirty uh, right out is, and, and will it be? Will all the extra positions do you think go to pitchers um, out of the gate? Um, I don't know if all of them. I mean, like I, I think one thing they got to figure out who um, who they're going to end up in that bullpen because I think with uh, before before the the pandemic you know, suspension of spring training. Um, there was looking like there was going to be a lot of guys potentially for a bullpen and, you know, maybe more guys than you had slots for um, just with the way based off of, you know, guys who are out of options and then also just the slots that you, uh, that you had for bullpen guys. So there may be some guys that, okay, with a little extra leeway, you know, you keep some guys on. I mean, you, you've got a rule five guy in there that you got to figure out if you're going to try and carry him all throughout the season and, and so you can hold on to him or if you're going to send him back and uh, Stephen Woods Jr. Um, so I'm not sure if all of those position guys, plus the fact that, you know, you've got uh, some, some position players who, you know, you got to be able to, you got to decide if you think they're going to be clearing, you know, waivers if you send them down. I mean, like Bubba's out of options. Bubba Starling's out of options. Brett Phillips is out of options. Um, so one, if one of them doesn't make it, then, you know, you got to roll the dice on whether or not you think you can keep them in the system or if somebody else is going to claim them. Um, so there's there's going to be some interesting decisions on when they actually have to make the 30 and then even more interesting when they've got to cut it down and sort of expose some guys. Right. So when the, the cut down is, what is it? 
They get two weeks at 30 and then two weeks at 28 before the final roster of 26, which would be a month into the season. I, th- I think that's right. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's two weeks, two weeks, and then you got 26 for the, the rest of the, the way out. Okay. Hey, so uh, will you be there Friday? Is the media going to be uh, at the stadium? Do we know? Do we know that yet? We're still waiting to find out. We're supposed to find out this week um, exactly what the the Royals' uh, media plans are. Uh, I think they're they're talking about having a Zoom call to go over all the the new <laughs> the new um, restrictions or new guidelines for media. I mean, a lot of a lot of the once the season starts guidelines will be MLB imposed. Um, I think spring training is going to be a little different because of um, you know team by team situations and. Um, I think the media thing will be changing every day, too, just because um, with the Royals, they're going to have guys all at Kauffman, but rotating in at different times. So we may have, you know, be in there early some days, be in later some days, depending on who we're talking to. So um, that's all still getting sorted out as far as I know. Very good. All right, Lynn, there's going to be a lot to talk about over the next few weeks, and we will catch up to you again soon. All right. I'll be here. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to Joe Posnanski for his insights on tipping your cap and to Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy. Links to stories about the Royals can be found in the show notes and always on the True Blue app. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra with the E-Edition. There are more than 20 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.